Today is Monday, April 25th, 2016, and this is Radio Wave. Praised be Jesus and Mary, forever Jesus and Mary. This was a salutation that Our Lady had taught the visionaries, and it was something that you heard in Medjugorje. It was said at the beginning of every Mass, at the beginning of every homily. It was printed at the beginning of every publication, any letter concerning Medjugorje. And a friend of Medjugorje wrote years ago in the Ten Secrets uh, writing that one day in the future, the heart of Jesus and the heart of Mary would be honored side by side. And in order for that to happen, we have to be able to peer into that heart. And what does it mean to peer into the heart of Mary? And that's the purpose of Radio Wave, for you to be able to, in your own little corner of the world, be able to connect to the heart of Our Lady. And so tonight, as we begin this broadcast, we ask you to open your heart in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. No, it's not, praise Jesus and Mary not in any way, shape, form, or fashion. That's not what's happening in the world today. Prince is dead. Was he the prince of light or the prince of darkness? I am amazed that through my youth, this man, which I never liked his music and was never appealing to me, is being so praised by people Praise be Prince, not praise be Jesus and Mary. And the accolades that come along and say how great he was, I can't compute that. In youth, I didn't then. And it always was confusing to me how so many people, my friends, liked this music, liked this guy, saying how great he is. Isn't it strange, all these people that get such praise and such worship and honor and idolatry all end up dead from overdoses, wrecked lives. And it's going on and on and on about what a grief, what a loss, how horrible this is. He was only 57 years old. Yes, for the poor sinner, for his soul. He was worth $300 million. But I am really astounded how so much is being said over this man, how great an impact he had on the world, and how people started going to his hometown or something I read about it, and they're bringing flowers there and just 
the praise goes on and on and on. Where do you hear praise Jesus and Mary? You don't, you don't even hear in the major growth world anymore. Hardly anybody says this. The world's invaded us so much, so seriously, that many people have gone to Medjugorje, are completely immersed into the world, into its electronics, and they don't even see it. They don't even realize how desynthesized they are. And for those who didn't know Prince or didn't grow up with him, they must be thinking, this, this man was really somebody. Really? You're only somebody if you make an impact on others' eternity. But if you're in darkness and you make an impact on people's eternity toward darkness, you're not nobody. You're nothing. And this is what today's message really was about. You better decide. I have to decide. I take this message first for me. I take it that our lady is crying over me for my life, what I've done, what I haven't done, what I've, what I've had hope from what she's had hope in me to accomplish that I didn't. And I feel like I'm in a race. I feel like I'm in a hurry. It's like the song says, I'm in a hurry to get everything done. Why? Because life is short. We're limited. There's so little we can do in this little speck of eternity that we start here on life. Do you realize eternity has a beginning? No, God didn't have a beginning, nor has he got an end. But we have a beginning, but we have no end. So when our life starts, and God creates our soul, and we, to procreation, come into existence, it's the beginning of eternity something that will never end. And for Our Lady to lose a soul is a grief for her. Can we suffer in heaven? Can we be in pain in heaven? Most Protestants would say no. Well, what did the angels do and what did God do when his son died? Do you think they were like indifference? Okay, this is just something Jesus has got to do. We're disconnected from it. We don't have any thing tangible because we're in heavenly bliss and we're just all happy and we're all saying the angels cried and so you think a lady never feels pain at the loss of her children once judgment comes and we understand that they're lost and why they're lost even if it's your children or your spouse or family or mother or father you're going to understand at the last judgment they got what they deserve but in the meantime losing them it is painful the point man, God talks about Jesus' greatest wound, one of them, is losing Judas, that that will be a suffering for him for all eternity. That's scary. That's really very, very profound. Because we can't equate what we have, the concept of heaven and the heavenly bliss that we're supposed to be enjoying. How could it be tinged with that? Well, it's not the same pain that we feel on earth, but the sense of loss of a loved one who could be praising and singing for eternity to God, that when he loses that child, he grieves. And how much more so the mother? And that's what she told us today. Our Lady's April 25th, 2016 monthly message to the world. Dear children, my immaculate heart bleeds as I look at you in sin and sinful habits. I'm calling you, return to God and to prayer 
that it may be good for you on earth. God is calling you through me for your hearts to be hope and joy for all those who are far away. May my call be for you a balm for the soul and heart so that you may glorify God, the creator, who loves you and is calling you to eternity. Little children, life is short. You make good use of this time and do what is good. Thank you for having responded to my call. I can only remember off the cuff of one other time our lady said that tears of blood, something in reference to that before. Our Lady hasn't spoken like this in the message of the 25th, but one other time in this way where it equates to my immaculate heart bleeds as I look at your sin and sinful habits. Today, when Maria received this message, she was shaken by it. She was shaken because Our Lady was so serious. You know, when you've been brought in front of a teacher or a principal or somebody or the law or whatever situation you may be in or your parent, that when they're serious, then there's no joking around. There's no light in the situation that you feel comfortable with. Maria, you could say, seeing the Virgin Mary today was uncomfortable. Why? Because her seriousness told her, Maria, how grave the situation was. It was in May 24th, 1984, when he says, please do not let my heart weep with tears of blood because of the souls who are being lost in sin. And here today she says that. That was to prevent those tears of blood. Today, my immaculate heart bleeds as I look at you in sin and sinful habits. We were nowhere where we are today, nowhere close today, where we are compared to where we weren't in 1984. So she gives a warning, don't let that happen. And then here it is all these years later, decades actually later, she says, my heart bleeds when I look at your sin. You couldn't even imagine on May 24th, 1984, the sins the culture would be committing against God in such a way today that we would be arguing and people defending and people saying, well, maybe so, of what's just going on in the bathroom situation and the laws having to be passed. We're 10 times 10 more degraded than we were in 1984. And we got Christians even defending this. Our Christians are not doing enough to go out into the streets and stop it because we don't have enough conviction in our hearts. We're not living pure enough to be able to say and to stop this. They're running over us because of our sins, which may be far less in gravity on the surface compared to what they may be doing. But that is being given over to them, that power, because of our sinfulness. And so we grieve. Our Lady more as her children, those of us who follow her, than those who aren't. Because then she, she addresses it in the message. She says, I'm calling you, return to God in prayer that it may be good for you on earth. 
And she turns around and says, little children, life is short. Make good use of this time and do what is good. For who? She says, through me, for your hearts to be hope and joy for those who are far away from God. So they're degraded. They don't know God. We do. We're supposed to be following the commandments. And yet she's addressing to us that causing her the pain. And if she can't get us on board with her and with the son, what is left for her to do? Our Lady says here at the, the end, do what is good. And I know in other times in the messages, she says, we all have been given understanding of what is good and what is evil. So my question to you is what is the good that she wants us to do? To be in a good place. All of us who followed the world, who's grown up in this part of the world, growing up in the way things are and the way they existed today, need to understand we need to turn around. We need to grasp that we are so far off truth. And most of us say, no, we're not. We're with the truth. When in reality, we're worse than those who are degraded today. They, they have no understanding of God. If they did, they'd be struggling with it. We've made a mess of our whole life. We burned bridges. Our Lady's looking for a good place for us to turn around. She said that. Look at your sin and your sinful habits. I'm calling you to return. To return, what do you have to do? You have to turn, return, go down the road, and return, you turn, and come back to me, back to God. And get rid of your habits that you've fallen into. I'm calling you to return to God in prayer that it may be good. And so we need to be, as a people, in prayer, fasting, breaking those habits that keep us in a situation that allows the rest of society to be completely unprincipled and free and loose to do what they do. And get in our face so you won't stop me. Because if we don't stop, we'll never stop them. So really, the devil's been right up beside us on the highway. He's leading the way. And he's whispering in our ear. You've got it to your ear all day long. You've got the influence of the little God, the electronics, and all these things happening constantly. And you don't even recognize it. We have no hope the way everything is structured today. The only hope we have is if it goes away. You've got to get on the road or the highway, not the devil's, but God's, to return back to him and follow what our ladies tell us to do. Because life as we see it today is messed up in wholeness, not partial. It's not the way and it's not going to last. Devil's highway is right beside me. Whispering in my ear He drew the map And set the trap But I'm the one who got me here Made a mess of my whole life Burned every bridge I crossed Am I too far gone? Which way is home? How did I get so lost? Oh
would be unhateful to every angel you put in my path. From mama's tears and wasted years and getting so at a place in our culture today, down a dark road, and we see the light. Those who've noticed Medjugorje and Our Lady, just like the song just said, the church sign, she is a sign. She is our time that God has given to her for us, for our moment in history. And don't think she wants everything to be rebuilt and the church renewed, the whole world renewed, that we have to go through these great persecutions that the Christians did. She doesn't want this. It's not her goal that we suffer. Why did she say, I'm calling you to return to God to prayer that it may be good for you on earth? Because something's coming that you could say, it ain't good. When we have the degradation at this point, there's not a whole lot God can do. There's too many free wills contradicting and integrated around the world in a system that when it gets to this point, he just can't call even on the prophets to fix it. It doesn't happen. So there's going to be purification. There's no way around it. But that's not a lady's intent. 
And so she said that it may be good for you on earth. She wants good. The only way we can have good is if we get separated from the darkness and the bad. There's a lot of bad. That's why the early Christians went in community. They went in community because they had to get separate from the bad that was out there. And they get purified. So we're in a moment of separation. You say, well, we're supposed to be convicting and converting others. We just had the reading in the gospel this past Sunday about love one another. And that's what the early historians wrote, who wasn't Christians, that marveled at these people who called themselves Christians when they got together, see how they love one another. People are envious of that position. They want to be in a group of people that they can be comfortable with and know their back's covered and that the people really love each other. There was four of us just out of town this past week and, and people repeatedly came up to us four community members. There was something they saw that we was just acting normal that they'd stop us on the street. Literally saying, quote, what are y'all about? We weren't carrying signs. We wasn't dressed much different from anybody else. We wasn't behaving anywhere else or, or any, in our behavior than anything we, we noticed. But something they saw, and I believe it's the new grace our lady's given us as her apostles. Yes, we are apostles. We got to accept this. I would have never said this five years ago. We are that. We are her apostles. It's not going to come through the apostles of the church, which the shepherds are, the bishops. It's going to come through us. This is her time to raise up her apostles like Christ raised up his apostles 2,000 years ago. Except this time, she doesn't want us to go through what the early church had to go through. She wants it to go good for us. And I'm not speaking good for us in the sense everything's going to be rosy and cozy for us. There'll be persecution, there'll be difficulty, there'll be separations, there's division, many things. Conversion is a process that continues. You might want to say conversion has no finish line. You can't run this race like Paul says, I've run a good race. What was his finish line? Death. That's your finish line. So you're never going to experience that in this life. We will be continuators of Our Lady who never stopped doing what we're supposed to be doing. We can't take off and get up from the merry-go-round of the, of the walk that Our Lady's placed us on. We've got to keep on it. We've got to stay on the train. Maybe that's a better example instead of merry-go-round. We're moving, and we won't be able to stop without abandoning Our Lady, falling into sin or sinful habits if we do, Unless we walk in the way we're supposed to walk. Can you say a little bit more about going well? Because I know that, or going good for you, because I know that back in 1985, Our Lady said, accept me that it might go well for you. And so is it, I know in the past you've said a little bit about this, but is it possible that uh, to the degree that you respond is how the degree that it will, will or will not go well for you? Well, Our Lady was trying to turn us around then, just like the song just said. She was returned to God then. We didn't do it. She foresaw what was coming. I mean, you, you couldn't have told nobody back in 1984, please do not let my heart weep with tears of blood because of the souls who are being lost to sin. We, we didn't have the mentality, nor the belief 
that if you said by 2016, we would be facing laws and things against us and stopping Christianity, we, we didn't have the capacity to believe it. If you said it, you might say maybe 100 years from now, but we, I wouldn't accept that. I, I never would have dreamed we could degradate this quick. And the more we degradate, the more momentum darkness has, the quicker we degradate. So our lady tells us, uh, April 25th, 2016, return to God and to prayer that it might be good for you on earth. On March 1985, accept me, dear children, that it might go well for you. So she was trying to prevent what we're facing now, where we're being shut out on every single level. Don't think this presidential campaign going on now, Satan's not greatly involved in it. And people are misdiscerning the situation. And people don't have the capacity for me to talk freely to you about which way to go with it. You need to dig deep into it and don't base anything on the media. You need to pray to see and understand why the opposition is so strong against certain individuals. The devil hates them, not because they're so holy or they're saint, but they stand in a potential position to radically change the road we're on, to return to another and better way. Not because even you could say, oh, they're living all the commandments, they're doing anything they're supposed to do. God doesn't always pick people to do that. So we've got a lack of discernment. I'm amazed at how people are so darkened in this. Jeremiah came up and he said, my grief is incurable. Jeremiah 8 and chapter 9, he goes through this whole message. Our lady, I think, had this in her heart when she gave this message today. Jeremiah says, my grief is incurable. He says, there is no bomb in Gilead. What does that mean? Bomb is the oil that comes from a, a tropical tree. It's used especially to treat injuries. Our medicine is resinous, like we have pine trees down here in the south, to heal and soothe the skin. The footnotes of Jeremiah 8 says, the people itself was personified as a woman. So in Jeremiah, he's talking about all the people or as a woman in wailing. The blood of Christ is the bomb in Gilead, and his spirit is a physician. It states in his footnotes that the people may be healed, but will not. Thus men die unpardoned. And this is what I was talking about today. To heal the sin of the sick soul. Our lady says, My call be for you a bomb for the soul and heart, so you may glorify God the Creator. This not chapter eight and nine is incredible because it goes through this whole thing. It goes about sin, about the people, what they're doing, ends up what's going to happen to the land, the ruination of it, and it ends up saying for those who wisdom have glory. They will glorify God. And that's what our lady said. May my call be for you a bomb for the soul and heart that you may glorify God, the creator. The creator today is not recognized for who he is. Man is. He's the creator. And he is. He's made a mess of the world. He's created the situation. And we find ourselves where Jeremiah talks about. He speaks of the dirge over the ravage of the land. That the people have left God's commandments. And it says, over the mountains break out in cries of lamentations. Over the pasture lands intones a dirge. A dirge is a song or some kind of tune sung 
to express grief or sorrow or mourning. So we're in this position right now. It's like a funeral service. Jeremiah says, They are scorched and no man crosses them. Talking about the pastures. Unheard of is the bleat of the flocks. No animals. You think nature's going to turn against us? Oh, Satan knows what's going on. He knows God's call. He knows the Bible better than any theologian and all of them put together in the world. And so he's paralleling this to say, well, the world's sick. When the world is sick from sin, not from carbons and things being emitted in the atmosphere. You have to realize that climate change is a religion for people who think they're too smart for religion. Climate change is a God. It's part of the earth being God. So Satan mimics and follows us about the earth and things turning against us when nature is always turned against man to purify man. So don't think, oh, I'll just get my sheep, I got my hogs, I got my this, I can eat. You think it's going to be blessed? You think it's going to continue? This is not what Jeremiah says. They are scorched and no man crosses them, again, the pastures. Unheard is the bleat of the flock. Birds of the air as well as the beast, all have fled and all are gone. God could stop the rain instantly. But yet, our lady said that it goes good for us on the earth. No, that's not what she said. I'm calling you to stop sinning and break your sinful habits that it might go good for you. So there's two things happening. So what happens if it doesn't go good for you? Jeremiah explains that. That's what he's saying. He says, I will turn Jerusalem into a heap of ruins of haunts and jackals. The cities of Judah I will make into wastelands where no one dwells. God can do that. Jeremiah wanted to know why that happened. He says, why is the land ravaged, God? Why is it scorched like a wasteland untraversed? The Lord answered, because they have abandoned my law, which I set before them. It's a no-brainer that when God makes a boy a boy and a girl a girl, that's what they are. It's a no-brainer that the divorce is going on doesn't come about when God says in Malachi, God hates divorce without consequences. The family is a unit that's necessary to build society. And if it doesn't hold together and it's broken up, then it's a building block for darkness and it won't hold society together. So divorce is a domino. It just completely ravages society, brings on more sin and depravity. And from there, we get more darkened in our hearts and men burn for what they shouldn't be burning for. So Jeremiah says, I said before them, I have not followed it or listened to my voice, but followed rather the hardness of the hearts and the bowels as a father, which is a false God, and taught them. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, God of Israel, see now, I will give them warm wood to eat and poison to drink. And lady says, I want you to be good on earth. I want you to have that. But there's a requirement for that, to return to God. To glorify God. How does that take place? Well, Jeremiah continues on what, or what does happen when you don't follow God. I will scatter them among the nations whom neither they nor their fathers have known. What's happening right now when people are scattering all over the world? 
They're losing their homelands. The Syrian Christians do not want to leave Syria, but they're misguided. Africa's plagued with all kinds of problems, famine. When I was in grammar school, I always used to think, well, why is famine there? Everything I understood, even in a grade schooler, that if you live right, you shouldn't be having famine. There's a tangible tie to that. Used to, I used to think, well, you know, God sent the promised land, the people to the promised land, the Jewish, his people to it, and then they went in and slaughtered all the Palestinians or, and, and them. And I thought, you know, maybe that's unfair. No, God took their land because he gave them opportunities to change and come to know him, and they refused, and so they were slaughtered for that. And he gave it to the Jewish people. And that's what happens throughout the world. When man becomes darkened, and he's so dark in where he is, and he progresses to such a point that he can't fix it through the prophets or his signs, and they refuse these things, then he's got to purify them off the earth. And the good who's left will populate the world. Jeremiah says, I will send the sword to pursue them until I have completely destroyed them. You see, that's Old Testament stuff. Well, our lady's referring to it today. I'm calling you to return to God the prayer that it may be good for you on earth. What's the opposite of that? If we don't return to God, is it going to be bad on earth? See, our lady's positive. She gives love. She comes with a loving way to show us. She's an encourager. Because we're in time of mercy. She's balm. She's medicine. When the doctor gives it to you, he puts it on gently on the wound. He wants you to be healed. But if you reject it, and like Jeremiah says, there's no balm in Gilead, no physician there, he says, why grows not new flesh over the wound of the daughter of my people? Why they've been slain, he says, is because they rejected God. And we've got a culture today rejecting God, and we're so unconvicted in our walk that we can't stop it. Our defense, our protection is holiness. To really be in prayer, to break that darkness with fast. We picked messages this morning. We picked one last night. August 25th, 2011, dear children, today I call you to pray and fast for my intentions because Satan wants to destroy my plan. Here I began with this parish and invited the entire world. Many have responded, but there is an enormous number of those who do not want to hear or accept my call. Therefore, you who have said yes, be strong and resolute. Why? So that it may go good for you. These words of Our Lady intertwine with the past of what she says and where we've progressed to is so manifested in our culture against us as Christians that I'm still astounded and even in disbelief of how we got here so quickly and how fast we're tumbling out of control. So it goes on with Jeremiah. Run we are, and greatly ashamed, we have to leave the land and give up our homes. Is it that what's happening everywhere? You think it's not going to happen in the United States? You think it's not going to happen in Europe? The Germans are ready to revolt against Merkel, their prime minister, whatever they want to call her, their president. They're mad. They're angry. But see what they don't get? 
is Merkel is like an Assyrian over them, just like the Syrians were over the Jewish, punishing the people. They're inheriting this because of the sin. And you have a degraded people coming in, lowering the culture. If you've put five different cultures together, the top culture who could lift everybody up in the spirit of multiculturalism brings everybody to the lowest culture as the common denominator. Everybody will fall. It's easier to be pulled down than to be lifted up. And so laws, restrictions, discrimination that they say, and all these things you have to Respond to the lowest common denominator, the uncivilized people who is the most uncivilized of the five cultures, let's say. You give into their ways, which lowers all the cultures. Instead of saying, no, we're not going to follow you. We're in the infrastructure on top, and this is the infrastructure you've got to rise up to. That's what we used to do. That's why we didn't have open borders and open immigration in the United States. We did it. We let people in, and then we closed it. We restricted it so people could amalgamate, climb the ladder, lift up to the infrastructure that made the country great and the morals. See, we've lost our way. We see nothing how to get there. Hear you women, the word of the Lord. Let your ears receive this message. Teach your daughters the dirge, the tune, lamentations, and each other this lament. Death has come upon our windows has entered our palaces. It cuts down the children in the streets, young people in the squares. You're not going to block out what's coming. You're not going to save yourself through money and build underground bunkers, which is happening all over the place. You're not going to store up five years of food. Think you're gonna, it creeps in just like bacteria. You cannot save yourself from the judgment of God. The only way to do it is what all he says to do. Break your sinful habits. Break your sin. And do what? May my call be for you the bomb. That's what's going to heal you. The bomb for the soul and the heart so you may glorify God, the creator. How did he create things? Not your creation, his creation. He loves you and is calling you to eternity. Little children, life is short. You make good use of this time and do what is good. It's real simple. Whenever time a law is passed, is this doing good? Is North Carolina doing good? Did Georgia do good by, by vetoing a law about bathrooms? It's real simple. It's not complicated. We should be rising up in the streets, but we have no power in our lives because we haven't walked the walk. We talk it. We complain about it. But we have nothing to give God that he can save the world. And this is our fault. We are guilty more than the most perverted, most degraded man that walks the street. And so our prayer has to be that we be humble. We be strengthened at the same time we be mild. Yes, we can be merciful with the sinner. We're supposed to do that. That's how we bring him in. But at the same time, you're not being merciful if you're not calling sin, sin. And you can only do that with your life. And so as God that can save the world, not politics, not a president, not anybody else. Those things may aid, and I think this presidential campaign coming up is very important because Our Lady is going to be manifesting things through her apparitions that who is president has a role to play, but they don't save anything. They can open things up to allow God or us 
to live our Christianity either through persecution, one way, or liberation. And we had the choice when she said, way back in 85, that it might go well for you. Change things around. We haven't done it. We haven't listened to her, the great prophetess, to come so that God can save the world. God save the world God save the child Humble the strong Strengthen the mild Open my eyes That I might see God save the world Starting with me I light a candle Stare at the flame I see the only Way this world can change One tiny light In each of us A seed of hope A mighty love God save the world God save the child Humble the strong Strengthen the mild Open my eyes That I might see God save the world Starting with me God save our homes God save the earth Let each and every one of us God save the world Starting with me No, it's not praise Jesus, it's not praise Mary. How do I know that? Because Secretary of State Kerry said the other day, when they were signing the climate agreement with a hundred other nations plus, he said, God's work must be continued on earth. 
Here's quoting Kennedy. In light of the climate change, it's a religion. As I said before, a religion for people who think they're too smart for religion. So they're adopting this. And Carrie and their mentors are going to save the world. Satan's plan is always mimicking God to confuse you. And it's amazing that these come up. And, and how many people believe in climate change? You out there who follow the messages, you have to read, look what happened when you sleep, and you can't believe in this. I don't care if the Pope says it or what he said. He's wrong. It's an issue. He's got the minions around him, the wrong people who advised him to endorse this. It is satanic. You say, how can a Pope do that? Well, he's not speaking infallible on it. Benedict and Pope John Paul are both says you didn't have to agree with him. This is an issue that we don't have to They've been following this thing because they've got so much out there about climate change. This is truth. This is truth. It's a lie. And it's easily proven as a lie. In fact, it's dangerous to do what they're doing. And Satan wants to destroy the world and it's part of his plan to do so through this. There's something that you wrote almost 25 years ago. It's always stayed with me. And this, what you're speaking about tonight, has brought it back to me very strongly. I'd pulled this right before we went into the, the show, but it's um, something you wrote when you wrote the novenas for our nation. The second novena was on faith, and it was written in the midst of the Bosnian War going on at its height. So we didn't see any kind of way out of how this was going to resolve itself. So I'm just going to read a little bit about what you wrote. You said, Faith is in crisis. Our Lady tells us faith is on the verge of being extinguished. Many Christians live as pagans. There are few true believers. You say Medjugorje is a witness, an example, and a prophecy regarding what many in the world will go through, both physically and spiritually. You wrote, Medjugorje is an example to show when we walk the path with Our Lady, but do not convert, do not change, do not accept the messages, or get tired and quit how badly things will go. There is a serious responsibility of being a witness to live that to which we are called. Our Lady tried repeatedly to warn them to listen to her, to accept her message with seriousness. And she said, there are those who do not want to accept her. She finally warned them of their future, which was not guaranteed peace, but connected to their accepting her. And already quoted tonight the same message, March 21st, 1985. I call on you, accept me, dear children, that it might go well with you. And then you go and say, Medjugorje is a prophecy to show what awaits the world and to give testimony and proof to her message. It's not all bad prophecy because the war ended finally, but it came through a great suffering, and this line that you've spoken about tonight, that it may be go good for you on earth, brings this whole climax that we're talking about, whereas Medjugorje was the village, was the parish she talks about choosing. Now she's talking about the whole earth, that it might go good for the whole earth. Are we looking at it? You know, this is, again, Bringing well, we, up the secrets of chastisements. We was in we was in the infancy of the twenty fifth messages. We came out of the weekly messages, which was for the parish. We had the messages in the beginning days and the conversation with the six visionaries, which it was for them. Then the parish 
was formation through the Thursday messages all the way to 1987 when the 25th messages started. On the 25th messages began a whole nother thing. From there, though, it went to the world. And so, just like Our Lady said in Rudebach, Paris, when she said to St. Catherine, Sister Catherine at the time, she was holding a globe, and she says, this represents the world. She was holding her hand. And she says, particularly France. Our Lady gave Thursday messages, formation for the parish. This represents Medjugorje, Thursday messages. It's their formation. Sister Catherine was formed in the beginning. and and through our prayer, and through the novitius and being a nun, just like the visionaries were through Our Lady. Then it progressed where she saw this vision of Our Lady holding the globe, but this is particularly France. And France went through war after that. And it was purified. Actually, two wars after that. And then comes the French Revolution, which released Satan throughout the whole world. We've been going down here. Christianity started to decline at that point. And so the Thursday messages was the parish. Then the world came there. She gave the 25th message. But they, but Our Lady gave these words to see that what happened in the world of Medjugorje, or in the parish of Medjugorje in, in Bosnia, in Croatia, and what's coming to the whole world. I remember walking the streets with a friend. We're coming down Cross Mountain. And I say, something bad is going to happen here. I felt it. We were in so much prayer. You knew what was coming. There was no concept of how could a war start here. And I remember telling Cyril, Frenchman at the time, I said, Cyril, there's going to be a war here or something. Quote, I'm going to tell you exactly before God what I said. I'm, I'm on the flat ground coming towards St. James Church. And I said, something bad is going to happen here. He said, what do you think? I said, I don't know. Maybe a war or something's going to be here. Because Medjugorje was so off base and from the parish house to different things going on that I knew about that nobody knew and things I've never even spoken about. I knew something bad would happen. That was going to be, that was probably 89, somewhere in that period, maybe even 1990. War broke out June 25th, 1991. It was a purification. It was a horrible war, so bad that Peter Jennings on, night, on a, a special titled the special about the war in Yugoslavia at that time and the breakup of it, the land of the demons. Isn't that prophetic? Isn't that profound? Go Google it. And they said, we haven't seen these kind of atrocities anywhere in the world since World War II. And then they progressed at the point, they said some of the atrocities exceeded World War II. And so don't think something's not happening and something's not coming when our lady said today that it may go good for you. It didn't go good for Medjugorje, so it had to be a purification of it. And don't think it's not going to be repurified. We're spreading things in creation, bringing people to a second conversion to show them our lady standing by them. Because she, she, she said that today. She sees how sad we are. And we have people that have gotten so boisterous with this that they're going along with the work in Medjugorje. They're part of the village. They're, not, they're, they're too ashamed. They just don't think about the dark side that many have chosen. And most of it's just indifference. They don't realize what awaits them. But we don't ourselves in the same way.
If we accept it that our lady stand by us, it's going to go good for us. If we accept it to do what she says for us to do, it can't result in anything but good for us. So life is short. You make good use of this time and do what is good. Everything happening in the culture, just ask yourself, is this good? Will it be good for society or not? Because she wants us to glorify God. She said this several times, May 25th, 1997, glorified God. She said it in 82. She said it in 83. 
that you glorify God. Here, when Maria was here, in 1988, Alay said something incredible. She says, glorify the nativity of Jesus. Our summit of our whole year that we go through, every year since 1988, was one day on December 25th, the end of seven novenas every year, that we glorify the nativity of Jesus. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Those of you who've experienced it over the couple of decades here and there when you come and visit, you know in your heart what you've told us and what we feel in our hearts that we feel Christmas like no other way to celebrate it. And Our Lady inspired this, this whole setup that we do every December 11th, to glorify the nativity. Our Lady's only said that one other time, and it was in the early days. This place is a joy for mysteries. We don't have time to go into all that, but she wrote the joy for mysteries from November to January in those three months of apparitions. Many things happen. And so Jeremiah finishes with this. After all this waste and the dirge that the women sing, the people sing in the Lamentations, the tune, the dirge, which is about the grief and the sorrow and the mourning that they sing, it leads from that with the three S's we talked about before. Sin, suffer for it, and bring you to salvation. Who will gain salvation? Jeremiah ends what he was talking about with the wasteland, Lamentation, corpses in the streets, the cities burned and destroyed. He says, true glory, thus says the Lord. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, not the strong man glory in his strength, nor the rich man glory in his riches, but rather let him who glories glory in this, that in his prudence, he knows me. And that's what I said today. Through me, my call is the hope and joy for all those who are far from him. May my call be your bomb. Jeremiah says there's no bomb. There's nothing there for the soul. Our lady says, I'm your bomb for your soul and your heart so that you may glorify God. He says, that in his prudence he knows me, knows that I, the Lord, bring about kindness, justice, and uprightness for the earth. That it may go good for you on earth, return. For which Jeremiah says, for which such am I pleased, says the Lord. He wants to be pleased with us. He wants us to build things up from the ground. He wants to remake everything. Make creation new as the creator, as our acknowledgement to him. And my wife and I moved out here. We had raw land. We had cut through the forest, if you want to say it that way, a trail. And we did everything in our walk. I would say in the right way. We didn't go in debt. We labored. We sacrificed. We built a house over eight years. Gigantic fireplace. We foundationed it. Our Lady talks about today, life is short. Life is but a blink. Those eight years of hard labor and difficulties, living in a trailer, running a business, building it up, and measured in the way we lived our life, staying out of debt, pulling everything right out of the soil, right out of the ground, 
or sometimes we were so tired we couldn't get through the night with the full night's rest and have to start all over again in the day. But I never changed those days. The memories, we built family, we built love. This was what happened with love. Nobody today is building a life. And so when they grow old, what do they have? Love does good. And I said prayer today for the good. You do this, and it will be what I says. Love on earth. And so it will be the good for you on earth. We pass through with our grandchildren, and people come over our house, and we'll have a fire in the fireplace. Yesterday is springtime. It's warm outside. We have a fire in our fireplace. We have the doors open. Simply because there's so much to that in the way we live that even the grandchildren out of town come in July and say, make a fire. They've come to know this and live this in this way. We built our home in a way that we patterned it into what we felt was a life built together that the community itself now has come that my wife and I have laid out that Our Lady evidently saw something in it that she could have the apparitions in our house repeatedly from the bedroom to show people and to witness to people that life just doesn't happen and how poor people are because they haven't built a family, they haven't built community, they haven't raised their children with other people in community, they haven't raised it in a unit of family, and that's why we're singing a song in the culture. It's a dirge, a horrible tune. It's lamentations because people are growing into the golden years without any richness, the richness of family. This is what we need today in the world. That's what everything's built on. Grandma and Grandpa painted a picture of 65 years in one little house more than a memory more than saying I do Kiss you goodnights And I love yous Me and you, baby We'll walk in the footsteps And build our own family One day at a time Ten little toes A painted pink room A beautiful baby Looks just like you And we'll build this Just take my hand And I'll be the man Your dad hoped that I'd be And we'll build this Love from the ground up For worse or for better And I will be all you need Beside you I'll stand Through the good and the bad We'll give all that we have And we'll build this love Spend it without you, 
my side The clouds are gonna roll The earth's gonna shake But I'll be a shelter Through the wind and the rain And we'll build this love From the ground up Now till forever It's all of me, all of you Just take my hand Are you on a path in your life where you can say, someday I'll wake up with thousands of pictures? Would those memories that you have be your pictures? Would they be good memories? Have you built something from the ground up? Our Lady says, dear children today, to do that, I want you to have good things on earth. We have rich memories, the creeks, the woods, the play, and everything that came out our whole life. And evidently, Our Lady was attracted to what we built and the way we built from the ground up. And many people imitate it. People want to imitate it. They don't know how to get there. It takes sacrifice. And so we're rich, our family is. We've enriched through that path the community itself. We have other people wanting to birth communities. Mother's Day is coming up on May 8th. May 7th, we scheduled to open the bedroom up. What a wonderful gift you can give to your wife and to your mother. Coming to the bedroom on Saturday, May 7th. We did this because my wife and I felt, along with the community, for a long time we've needed to open the house up, and we've opened it up once a month. But if there's any weekend you want to give a gift to your mother, come pray in the bedroom. It'll be open. And we do this because we want to share what our lady shared with us. Last night, as always, I got beside the bed and asked permission to lay in there and sleep there. 
I don't deserve to be there. You don't deserve to be able to come there. But I'm just like you. And I'm allowed to be there. And we open that gift and invitation to you. Give a Mother's Day gift. Bring your family. Come and see why Our Lady appeared and meditate. What we'll do for you, we'll leave the light on. We'll have a fire in the fireplace. And everything you've heard me say tonight, you'll understand the thousands of pictures that Our Lady's made in our life that's made us rich and consoled that we walked with Our Lady. Yes, we failed her, but our life is hers. We belong to her. She belongs to us. So we invite you to come to a place that she wants you to encourage or be encouraged to follow her. We wish you our lady. We love you. Good night. This ends the Radio Wave Show with a friend of Metrigoria. You can order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.